Hi, I'm Ruby. And I'm Cody. And, and this, this is The Swirl. Oh, that was good. That one was really good. Okay, hey. So, Ruby, you're back from Chicago. Yeah. I'm actually headed out there very shortly. I'll tell you all why in a moment. Uh, you had a really interesting couple of days. I, I know a very hectic couple of days. Yeah, my voice is awful. I'm really sorry. You sound like Lindsay Lohan. You sound like you had a, a couple packs of Marlboros and a thumbtack milkshake, but you're going to rally. <laughs> I think. I think I need like four days of 12 hours of sleep and then okay. <laughs> I'll be on the mend. Yeah, I was in Chicago for 10 days for this leadership conference with 375 high school sophomores and 105 volunteers from all around the world and the country. And it was super crazy and super inspiring. Um, when you take adults who have real lives and live in real houses and you put them in dorms with communal showers and give them diner food and take away their sleep things get intense really fast it's like an episode of survivor or essentially <laughs> lord of the flies it is it's crazy um but we had speakers and commu- we had a community service project where i oh, my yoga pants almost killed me and gave me heat exhaustion um uh-huh. you but- know those things trap heat right <laughs> Well, now I do, Cody. I did. And that's not, a, that's not just a euphemism for a vagina. No, no, for real. <laughs> I did not realize that those things really can kill you. Um, I feel very betrayed by my yoga pants. Um, but it was amazing and super intense. And I met, like, these amazing people who are out there doing things. Like, you ask them, like, what do you do for a living? And they're like, well, you know, I'm a consultant, and then I'm, like, writing my book of poetry, and on the side, I play soccer, and and they're just doers. And so I met so many people that, um, through just existing and having conversations with them, uh, were really motivating to, like, get me to level up. And then you, like, say something, right? And, like, passing, like, oh, man, I really want to try stand-up comedy or improv. And these people will turn to you and go, oh, yeah? Okay, what are you going to do about that? And you're like, oh, shit. No, I actually have to do it. <laughs> so it's like speaking speaking it into existence, right? Like, or willing Absolutely. it. Are you – well, and the, the funny thing about, I, I think, this time when people sort of say, hey, I want to try something – and they make it sound like it's super daunting when there's never been an easier time to sort of find out how to do something or jump into something. So, yeah, it just makes you, really makes you accountable for yourself and for the things that you want to do. Right. And that's, that's really great. I think you have an energy that would really lend itself to something like that. Yeah. And then, like, I had, I stayed, the last day I stayed with my friends Sarah and Betsy, and two things that they said, like, a million times, one of them was, men are canceled, which I love, but they also would say, it's 2017. Like, if Donald Trump can be president, you can do anything you want to do. So, like, there's no no worrying about being an imposter or feeling unqualified. Like, if there's there's a whim or a whim if there's a whim that you have chase that thing down go do mm-hmm. it um it's how i ended up with an impromptu tattoo on sunday it's 2017 why not why live not? our lives <laughs> why not well I, I love it so i'm actually uh, headed to chicago uh shortly and we actually are, we're just missing each other in our chicago trips i know and, and a part of the reason i'm headed out to chicago is i have been planting seeds for a book for a while and i've i've been working on it in fits and in starts is that the term fits yeah and starts. yeah yeah uh and and things are coming on really nicely but 
like you mentioned, I have a full-time job and I have other responsibilities. So I have to actually be intentional about making sure that I'm putting in the work to bring this thing to life. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think uh, often about how fortunate I am to have a certain amount of passions or to know in my heart that I could go any which way. And I really do think that you need people in your life to encourage you uh, when you're when you're on that path. So uh, there's there's something about uh, I think we mentioned on the show a couple weeks ago being brave enough to share your dreams with someone. Yes, yes. And, and as soon as you do, then you you suddenly find that you there is a level of accountability that you have. Totally, totally. And and um, the idea of being intentional is so important, you know. I think with people like you and I, um, to a certain extent, it's like we have so much energy and creativity. Like I think about your creativity and to me it's boundless. Oh, right, it is. And thank so you. I think it's about like focusing it, right? Like and figuring out a way to like focus and channel that that creativity and that energy into one direction. So it's, it is. It's really important. Um, I actually have to, because uh, of my regular schedule, I have to leave, physically leave my home to, to try to get this thing done. There are worse I, places I, than Chicago in the summertime. It is that, intoxicating. That's what I hear. Have you well, ever been? I have not. And, and I have some friends there, but I'm... I'm I'm staying uh, like at an Airbnb, you know, and I'm I'm going to try to mix it up between leisurely activity and then a little bit of responsibility if the mood strikes me. Well, let me let me warn you about Chicago in the summertime. I think it's important that you be warned. It is uh, imp- that I'm, my vagina might get heat stroke. Yes, you may. Okay. You may. Don't wear yoga pants. You could okay. get heat stroke. Um, but also. Walk people walking around like professional wrestlers. Women need to put some real pants on. Oh my god! Stop I, playing games. I look hot in my yoga pants. Don't I, under, I understand <laughs> that they're comfortable and that they're they're practical, and you can you can throw a sweater on with them or a, a tank top. It's but all fun and games god, until they try to kill god. you because they will there try are, to kill you. There are some women walking around looking like SpongeBob SquarePants <laughs> that have no business wearing yoga pants. <laughs> There are women out here who look like a 1992 Geo Tracker wearing these yoga pants. I hate you so much. That have no business wearing yoga pants. I hate you so much. And I don't want to get into the whole like, oh, only fit people can wear yoga pants. But Jesus, I don't want to be at a, a fancy restaurant and have some woman walk in in yoga pants as it. I can't walk around outside in my boxer shorts. It's just, it's just a little obnoxious. I'm not going to fight you on this. I see so many vaginal lips when I'm walking down the street of DC. <laughs> you guys! It's not it's, even 8 o'clock in the morning and he just said vaginal lips. Like, ladies are walking around here with their whole, whole vagina hanging out. You know now that and that's a personal problem. I Liz, thought that you're, I thought that it's all supposed to be neat and orderly. Oh and my just like, god, he's trying to pull me <laughs> into this conversation, and I am not going to get pulled into this conversation. What I am going to say is that Chicago in the summertime, Cody, is beautiful. Okay. Focus, and you're going to fall desperately in love with Chicago in the summertime. Mm. But you need to be warned that six months from now, that place is a frozen hellscape. And that's so true. I want you to remember to say to yourself on a regular basis sure this is really nice but in six months frozen hellscape and now (laughs) we can move on 
from okay. vagina lips. <laughs> I will keep you all posted on if these people in Chicago are doing the same thing with their yoga pants. I think not. My lips are sealed. Yes. All My right. My lips are sealed. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this article that was in, um, I think it was, it was circulating around social media a couple days ago about the CEO of Barstool Sports. Yes, I saw that. So this, <laughs> explain, explain to the, the good listeners what sure. the very professional and lovely lady of CEO, lady CEO, which we shouldn't have to say, but CEO of Bar, Barstool, Bar, I can't even say it, I'm tired. Barstool yes, that, Sports. Well, that to me is is maybe one of the most unfortunate parts about it. So her name is Erica Nardini, and she is the CEO of uh, Barcel Sports, which is like a sports and lifestyle site for men. And she had this interview in the New York Times recently, where she was detailing her process for vetting job candidates. Now you read uh, like Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In. I did right? not, but I know. Okay. I, I mean, I get it. But you get the concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of it. yeah. And there. So there are all these, all these women, uh, you know, including uh, Ivanka Trump, who tries to glom onto this, no, even thank though you. she has no uh, hard, she pass. has no basis in reality. Uh, but these women who talk about, you know, working to have it all. I think another great example of it is uh, Shonda Rhimes, who is very honest about the fact that she is a driven woman, but also that it takes a certain level of effort and sacrifice in order to do these things. So Erica Nardini, she has this interview in the New York Times, and she says, and I quote, here's something I do. If you're in the process of interviewing with us, I'll text you about something at 9 p.m. or 11 a.m. on a Sunday just to see how fast you respond. And then she goes on to tell them that the maximum response time she will allow is three hours. And she follows up by saying, it's not that I'm going to bug you all weekend if you work for me, but I want you to be responsive. I think about work all the time, and other people don't have to be working all the time, but I want people who are always thinking. I I, I saw the reaction online yeah. to this, um, even from my boss, right? Like, my boss mm-hmm. was even pissed about this. Um, but I kind of take a different... Uh, well... I know. I I think I saw online that your your boss said, "Run, don't walk from this woman." I tend I tend to agree from that only from the the, the perspective that this is a this is an abusive person, and I think maybe even more so to women. I think that is the stance because I think she will hold women to a different um, a different standard, and I think there's something about her being in this role in a men's organization where she probably she's behaving as if she has to be a, more of a hard ass. Yeah. Um, okay. What was, what was your to- take? Well, right, so that's totally valid, right? Like I get what you're saying and I agree to, to a certain extent that that's true. Like it sounds like she's kind of abusive. Um, but, but I will say that like, I kind of recently, um, have decided that I, don't mind if people are upfront and honest with me, even if what they're being upfront and honest about is not something I'm 
totally chill with. Um, because I've had issues lately with people who smile to my face and then turn around and expect different, like, will talk shit or will expect sure. different things. Like, she's telling you up front, like, I, I expect you to be committed to this work thing. And mm-hmm. I've had bosses who act like they don't want you to do that. And then when you, when they need you at nine in the, in the evening, um, expect you to write back, but are like, oh, but it's not a big, okay. Like, you don't have to worry about this, but they really want you to worry about it. Sure. So I, I kind of like that she's being like, listen, you know, I want you to be on and ready for me at all times. Um, the important part for me, though, is that the person who is expected to act like that is being compensated fairly for that kind of dedication. So, like, I don't mind so much that you're on the hook at nine in the in the evening in, at nine at night, and she wants you to get back to you in three hours. What I mind is if the pay does not reflect that. Um, okay. And so, like, I think that. I love my boss, and I know she listens. I think that if she text messaged me at 9 o'clock at night, it would be for a real emergency, and she would want me to write her back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, I, I understand the idea of it being somewhat abusive in tone, but I do kind of like that the that the CEO is really upfront. like, listen, this is what I need from you. And as long as the compensation reflects that, I think that that's totally fair. No, um, I think that you can absolutely set the – you can and should set the terms for what your company culture is. Mm-hmm. The thing, the thing is, one that that would be a complete red flag to me. That okay, maybe that's not the place that I want to be because this person isn't going to uh, respect boundaries. That's just my first thought. But I also resent the idea of a, a work martyr. You know, these people who go to work and are like, oh, my God, I can never take a day off because this place cannot exist without me and something will break and then I won't get a raise, whatever. Or that competition thing, like, I haven't slept in 24 hours. Look how committed I am to this this event. Look how, yeah, like, where it becomes this, like, exhaustion exhaustion Olympics. Like, I hate that shit. Culturally, you you see this trend, like, those sites like Glassdoor, which I'm not that crazy about. I appreciate them because you, again, much like uh, she did, you can get the heads up. But you don't have to stay it, or you don't have to go to these sorts of environments. And I don't think that people understand. Like when I read that article, I was like, wow, I would avoid that at all costs. But there are people who are still going to apply for jobs at that place and think like, I'm going to move the company culture or I'm going to, it's, that's not going to happen right. to me. And it's like, no, 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 no. I don't you're, even, you're, you're going into a situation. That situation isn't going to adapt for you. Right. I don't even want to change the culture. I would apply to that job. I mean, I'm serious. I like work. I like I like that stuff. I like the spur of the moment thing. I love working under creative pressure. Okay. So, I, I okay. mean, so like, I'm just being that, how honest. Does jive with, how does that jive with you have a child? Right. So, the, the difference <laughs> that's there. Cu- that's cute to say. Right. No, until, no, no, no. Until she calls you during your child's birthday party. We'll see how much you like work then. I mean, I worked over my birthday. I mean, like, I'm not trying to, like, say. Uh, but I'm, no, but I'm just, I'm saying, uh, like, uh, that's. Right. So that's no, no. wonderful from that's wonderful from an anecdotal st- standpoint. Right. But well, in reality, listen, right. And you're that's you're, you're, at the, you're at the su- you're at the supermarket, and she tells you you have five minutes to get something done. Right. That's fair. How does it work? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but like I've had clients who need things in an hour, and I've had to stop what I'm doing and do them. Now, that being no, said, I work, I work, I work uh, billable hours. I don't have a nine to five job, so. 
I'm a lot more willing to say, okay, like, I have to be away for my birthday, away from my family, because our event happens to be on the 4th of July, and my birthday's mm-hmm. the 1st of, of July. It's just how it is. Um, but then I can come home and have that whole next Monday off, or next Wednesday off to recuperate because I have a flexible schedule. So I think the difference is if I'm expected to be somewhere nine to five and then I'm expected to answer things at nine o'clock, that's different. That to me is the difference. So I think that's the line that gets crossed. But if I'm a subcontractor and I work on billable hours, like call me at nine o'clock. Plus also like I work on social media, man, that stuff never sleeps. So if I need to be on, on a call or something to help deal with something that's happening late at night, if it's a crisis communications thing or a strategy Mm -hmm. thing, like I'm willing to do that and make it happen. And I also have a really supportive husband who, if I need to step out and take a call, like I would do it. And, and the kid's birthday thing is a great example, but I like, and I'm not trying to make excuses for anybody, obviously, but I just think it's really important to realize that like, not everybody feels as precious about certain things as like the mainstream would have you believe. Like I love my child and I'm going to throw him a great birthday party. But like if I need to take a call for an hour, like that's not the end of the world. I mean, and and within means, right? Like I don't want to be yeah. away for my kid's birthday. Like that would totally suck. But but um it's it's not everybody invests the same amount of emotional um energy into some of the things that like the mainstream would have you believe and like yes I'm a white middle class suburban mother and there are definitely cliches of things that matter to me that are important but like I don't know that um, there are certain things where maybe I would be willing to work on those days because my job is my passion and I love it so much now not everybody feels that way Uh, right and I'm going to say that women like the head of Barstool Sports who say in the article, like, it's really great to feel uncomfortable, and you change so much as a person from that. That person is the reason why we have unions, because she would have you work 365 days. Or she would, she, uh, I'm just saying, when I step outside of myself and I see the way that, let's say, Walmart employees are treated, where they are, they, they maybe don't work 40 hours a week, they work 32 hours a week, so that Walmart doesn't have to pay them health insurance. Can I ask There's you a certain, question? Can yes. I ask you a question? Like sure. I, 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 and, and not that you're wrong. Cause I'm, I, sure. I agree I'm, with everything you're saying. Um, and, and this is getting heated, which I kind of love when we fight. It kind of turns me on. Um, but, but here's my question. Do you think that if she were a he, that that would have been taken differently? Like we are blaming Walmart on her right now. Like, no, you know, no I mean, no, but, I, I get, I get that. I think, both would be both would be shown for being having naked ambition, and that's not cute. Do you think the blowback would have been as intense had it uh, been Howard Schultz who said that of Starbucks, or probably, probably not? But at the same at the same time, if you, if you're if you're a woman at this point and you, and you behave like that, I mean, I don't know. And I, ah, I, I Cody, I can't believe you just said that. I always get in trouble for assuming that people have a certain degree of like empathy and understanding. So that's my that's my own ignorance, but maybe probably not. I mean, honestly, right? Probably not. Like, I'm not condoning. I agree with you, right? Like, yeah. I definitely think that there's a very sick work culture that exists in America, and there is a reason I don't run the nine to five rat race. There's a reason I'm a yoga teacher and mm-hmm. a subcontract and and um, a, a social media consultant and a podcaster. Um, not that any of these things are making me filthy rich. Um, so there is a reason I've opted out of that. However, 
um, I do think the blowback towards her was super intense, and I don't think that what she was saying was all that out of line, but I also think that if it had been a man who said that, that maybe there wouldn't have been as much of a blowback. And I also, like I said, the idea of things making you uncomfortable changing you, like, that's not wrong. Like, I say it in my yoga class that discomfort's a teacher. So, I mean, I mean, I see what you're saying. I don't think people need that lesson from their job, though. Like, I, mean, I right. yeah, like... There again, when we're if the whole the point of this is work life balance, that's right. the cru- that's the crux of it. It's not about are you are you fulfilled at your job or does your job motivate you. It's can I can I leave this place and ha- and get my mental sp- headspace back. That's fair. That's and fair. she wa- and she wants to take that from you. That's fair. I think that's fair. I just that's like that's I just, like uh, I, my my mom's in my head all goddamn day. I don't need my boss in my head all day. Fair, too. right? <laughs> well, I mean, and so that's like I, I mean, I just like to point out that you know I feel like she maybe got a little bit a lot a little bit more blowback than she needed. I also did she, think did she show did she show anything in the interview that said that she's a a nice person? Do you think that had a part to do with it too? Maybe that was it. Yeah. Well, but then, but then again, but then again, why does she? Why is the impetus on her to show that she's nice? But again, if because the, she's if, a woman, like she no, I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe that at all. Because, like, like I said, like we sort of covered. If it's a, if it's a man, it's seen as being strong and a leader and everything. I, I don't know that. I don't know that she, she cared to be seen as she wanted to be seen as powerful. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sure, and and every action has a reaction. So I, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna feel bad for her because she's a woman and people didn't take kindly to her words. Right, and then maybe I should. That's even more. That's more insulting. Well, and then maybe I shouldn't take offense that people had blowback against her because she, that like. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be upset that she's not being perceived as nice because if it doesn't matter like that, you should be seen as nice. Yeah, yeah. listen, listen, p- white, cisgendered, hey. heterosexual patriarchy is a mindfuck and it's easy uh, for even for us to internalize it, you know? Hey, showing the the Pacers versus Bulls score is so incredibly important to it's life or death. So yay for her. <laughs> all right. Well, Cody has feelings, and we're going to respect those feelings. No, um, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, all right. No, we're good. We're good. I kind of like when we fight, though, with Cody. I really do. Oh. <laughs> Let's fight some more. All right. We'll be back. We've got some Lucky Q&A. Lucky computers between us. I know. We- and Miles, because I'll come fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment with this week's Here For It. We'll be back. We're back. We made it back. Here we are. All right. Uh, Oddly enough, there is a bizarre order and symmetry to this that we don't talk about but exists. Uh, Yeah, it does. And I leave it up to you because I think we all know that I am the conductor of the Hot Mess Express. Woo, woo. Woo, woo. So, Ruby, please tell me. So it turns out. What what has you this week? What are you here for? So it turns out that when you're a 32-year-old mother and your job is the internet and you're podcasting and you're teaching yoga, that maybe you don't have time to pay attention to what cool indie artists are up and coming. So maybe you're not really with it and hip. And you rely on Cody Seaton's Club Coco every month 
to give you what's new in the world of music. And sometimes he misses out on some pretty dope shit. That being said, when you spend 10 days hanging out with high school sophomores, you get to you find out what's hip. Number one, the song of the summer, hands down, no question, is Despacito. I think you all know that already, so I just wanted to point out that I just discovered it, and it was very exciting. What, it's ubiquitous <laughs> at the moment. What I am here for, though, however, is a small up-and-coming artist named John Bellion. It's J-O-N-B-E-L-L-I-O-N, and his song out right now called All Time Low is my jam. On the first day of our conference, did, did, why are you she? shaking your head? Because you said... <laughs> It came, the song came out August 31st, 2016. I'm so that old. Was a, that was a president ago. <laughs> I'm so mad that you just roasted me, but that was so good you have to keep it in. Okay, fine. But they I just discovered it last yes. week, and it is my favorite song. And I, when I'm not listening to Dr. Dre, I'm listening to this song. And I'm not joking, for real. And that has that's truly been your summer since the Defiant Ones came out. So Yes, my summer has been all about Dre. It's one of those Rihanna-type songs where the hook is just the word repeated two billion times. Yes. Do you not like it? It was cute. He sounds a lot like uh, Jack Antonoff from the band Fun and Bleachers. Yes. uh, Or or as I like to call him, Lena Dunham's accomplice. I love... Okay, slow down. (laughs) See, he's just going to go in on me today. Today we're going to fight. He wants to fight. I feel like he wants to fight. But it's a a catchy little track. I like it. It's called All Time Low, and apparently it's very old now. Jesus Christ on a cracker. (laughs) Um, I love it. I've been listening to it on repeat. John Bellion, All Time Low. It's on Spotify. You should listen to it. It's amazing. Thank you. Goodbye. Cody, what are you here for? Okay, well. <laughs> Sips tea. <laughs> on my on my horrible musical choice. Oh no, it was it was cute. <laughs> I get why people want their social media to just be cat videos when we see people like that dead-eyed Stephen Miller at the White House podium. Oh, Lord have mercy. But I saw the cutest video recently by this company called Watchcut. And it's called American Kids Try French Food. And what I love is it's not just croissants or potatoes or frog legs. It's pate and mussels and raw beef. To which one kid replies, I ate my sister's favorite animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can, they can have my, my order of pate. You can give to those kids. Oh, for sure. Hard pass. Um, the kids' reactions to pouring hot chocolate on top of cereal instead of milk killed me. Like, this one little kid goes, they are living it up. <laughs> but what got me the most was, like, how ridiculously fashionable and witty these little kids are. And it just made me think about how, like, I had such a limited food palette growing up, and it's so funny to think of how brave you have to be to consume something that looks weird, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the the reactions uh, are, were really, really funny. And at one point, the final segment of this, this viral video is they offer wine to the children. <laughs> what? That's the most French thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yes, and it's so funny to see how, like, terrified slash interested these kids are yeah. by wine. And they all 
are aware that they may get quote unquote kid drunk. <laughs> and, and you see them gesturing to their parents on the side, like, can I do this? Is this okay? You told me I couldn't do this. You told me XYZ would happen if I did. Are the French out of their mind? I hope that's not why. Kids in France. You know, my mom, she said I can never have one until I'm 21. So, as much as they want, don't get kid drunk. So I definitely think everyone should check that out for a moment of zen. It's called Watch Cut Presents American Kids Try French Food, and we will link to it on the Swirl Facebook. We absolutely would. So Swirl at Swirl Podcast on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, We'll be sure to be posting some of these links to our, our things that we are here for. Yes. Are you ready to hit me with some Q&A? Hey. And this week, the Q&A comes from Justin. Hey, Justin. Dear Ruby and Cody, I see a Sophie's Choice coming down the pike, and it's driving me crazy. Oh, no. My girlfriend and I moved to the East Coast a few years back while she was working on her doctorate. Last year, my girlfriend and I got engaged. Obviously, I love her, and luckily, so do my parents and sister. The problem is that my mother's 60th birthday is coming up, and my dad and my sister have been planning a big bash. Meanwhile, on the East Coast, my fiancé is expected to finally graduate in January on the same day. Oh, no. This has been causing me ulcers, and I need you to reassure me that it's okay to miss my mom's birthday party for this special occasion. Or is it out of balance to even suggest to my fiancé that we skip her graduation to support my mother? Basically, how can I make this choice without hurting anyone? Signed, Justin. <laughs> oh, Justin. Um, impossible. Uh, he has to decide between what vagina means the most to him. Um, okay, so the answer to this is easy. <laughs> like, look at Justin, look at me in the eyes. Focus. The answer to this is easy. You go to the fucking graduation. And you go to the graduation unless your fiancé says to you, unprompted, that she would like you to skip it. You are not bringing that up to the fiancé. The family and the birthday party is handled delicately and explained thoughtfully and a beautiful thoughtful gift is sent with gorgeous red roses and a lovely handwritten note accompanies them for the birthday party but you absolutely absolutely are not missing that graduation full stop that's Ruby's edict. Like, normally these Q&As are not as clear-cut, and yeah. I'm telling you right now, even if I said to you as your fiancé, oh, no, honey, go to the birthday party, I would not mean it, and I would want you to be at my graduation, and I would want you to um, make sure that I was a priority, especially because what you're doing in this situation is setting the tone for the rest of your marriage. And my yeah. husband um, always made me feel like I was the priority until his mother got very sick and lived with us. And then Mm -hmm. she became the priority. And so, um, and even though intellectually and emotionally I understood those choices, it was still really hard. So just realize that you are playing with fire. And no matter how chill your fiance is, she wants you to be at her graduation and she wants you to choose her in this situation. And that is, that's my opinion as a married lady. 
No, I think that's absolutely fair. And, you know, I don't I don't come bearing Bible quotes that often, but I'm thinking about that uh, that idea that when you get married, you forsake all others for your spouse. And and that really comes down to, hey, before I was married, I had to be dedicated without, you know, any thought to my family. And now I forged a new family. And, um, I, I think that you're, you're doing the right thing. You know, there's, uh, hopefully a many more birthdays, uh, that your mother will have. Uh, but at this time, this is going to be one of the more monumental moments for your soon to be wife. So you have to go, you have to stand by your fiance for this one. It's right. it's incredibly important. Ruby, you're right. It does. It sets the tone. It does. And it shows uh, this person that you not only support them, but when it comes down to it, you'll make them a priority. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think if it were something like not as important as her graduation for her, what was it, her PhD? Like if yeah. it were just like her softball game or something else silly mm. like that, then yes, I totally would understand. Um, but uh, I, I think it's important to realize that this is a once in a lifetime thing that happens. And I think it's hard to, um, it's hard for some, it's sometimes hard, at least for me, it's hard for me to ask people to celebrate me. And I feel like if you make that choice for your fiance, it's going to go a long way in showing her how important, um, you, she is to you. So there you go. There it is. And I, I definitely will try to figure out how quickly you can get to back to the West coast after the graduation to properly celebrate your mother or the fact that you wait, I'm for one, I'm pretty impressed that this is happening uh, early next year and you're already, you know, sweating bullets about it and thinking about how it's going to impact you in your life. So that's beautiful. Right. You have more than enough time to figure out something really lovely to do for your mother to celebrate. Her totally. And I, al- I, I also think it's important that if you're having these feelings to talk to both your family and your fiance and be open and honest about what you're doing, because if it shows that you're actually putting in the emotional effort and the thoughtfulness, it's not like you're waiting until Christmas and going, Oh shit, I have to pick. Like it right. shows them that you care enough to be thinking about it right now. So I think you're already on the right, right track. And, you know, this is something that Ruby and I talk about a lot behind the scenes. This is why it's important to get your calendar together, people. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if they had gotten, like, past Christmas and then he looked at the calendar and was like, oh, BT dubs. <laughs> Which would be what I would do because I'm the captain of the Hot Mess Express, the conductor of the Hot Mess Express. Y'all, Ruby still works from a paper calendar. Why do you have to hate on me about that every time? It's right here. Hey, Cody... Bite me! It works. I was Jesus. five minutes late to our appointment this morning, but that look had at to that, do. Look at that large print calendar. You're That's such a amazing. hater. I'm like I'm just 62 saying. years old. Leave me alone. These are man-made problems that are solved by technology. Yeah, well, if technology accidentally <laughs> deletes you, you'll, I'm I'm gonna say thank you, technology. Delete Cody Seaton. I don't hate your your calendar, by the way. Yeah, you love me. You know, it doesn't beep when issues about to go down. That's all. Good lord. All right, fine. Forget it. I'm getting an Apple Watch and then everything will be digital. (laughs) Hater. Ruby, it's time for the good word. Take me to church. All right, my good word, ready, is I want to live the rest of my life, however long or short, with as much sweetness as I can decently manage, loving all the people I love and doing as much as I can of the work I still have to do. I'm going to write fire until it comes out of my ears, my eyes, my nose holes, everywhere until it's every breath I breathe I'm going to go out 
like a fucking meteor. Mm. Audrey Lord, there you go. Now we are gonna go out like a fucking meteor. It's time for us to say goodbye. Thanks for listening to the swirl. You can follow us at Swirl Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. At Step to the Mic is Cody Seaton on Twitter. At Ruby Junkie is me, Ruby. And you guys know the deal. The party doesn't end. It just relocates. Special shout out to Justine for keeping us, keeping it tight over on our social. (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with an all new episode of The Swirl. See, we rebounded. It's true. Thanks, Ruby. Thanks, Cody. Love you. (laughs) Love you, too. Stop. Yes, please.